You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. I think it's great. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. I love it. I love you guys. You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast with Evan, Mark, Ryan, and Dan. You're listening to the Pints and Provision Podcast with Evan, Mark, and Dan. Oh, I forgot to... I can't remember. Oh, damn. Can you smell that maple? All right, welcome back, everybody. We're here for our happy birthday first anniversary episode. Um, I am remiss to say that we are going to be um, not joined by Daniel. He has a work function and he has a sick child at home. So cheers to you, Daniel. But uh, this is the Pints and Provisions episode where we get to talk about best of 2018. I have Ryan and Mark with me. Hey, Evan. Mark is busy taking a picture, so he can't say hello. Took Hello. him 15 minutes to pick a beer. First time. And now he can't even talk because he's taking photos. Yeah. And we have a huge crowd with us here at Poor Brothers. I want to thank Poor Brothers for hosting this. <laughs> um, no, we've got, a, we've got a good group of friends. we got Kyle, Brad, uh, Brian. and Brian here. So we're glad to have uh, some good friends here to, to have some more drinks with us. But um, we're going to get started. Uh, there's no time to waste because we've got a lot to go through. Daniel gave me all of his exciting... Uh, picks for our categories of best of 2018. So I'm just going to go ahead and get uh, get started with Daniel's list because we're not going to really discuss his list too much. We're just going to go over it because I think we may have some of the similar ones. What so, about our best beer of the week? Well, you want to do best beer of the week? I'm happy to do best beer of the week. I'll have to pull it out of uh, the air. But oh. Go ahead. Quick. Well, quick. Jeez, the pressure's on. Pressure's on. Well, mine is going to be what we had earlier today. Frambois du Fermier by Side Project Blend One. Blend One. <laughs> that I just thought was magnificent and uh, and worth uh, discussing as as the best beer of the week or something close to that. Yeah. Uh, best beer actually probably in a couple weeks um, since our uh, our last recording most likely, but it was pretty delicious. Yeah. Got a lot of that white wine barrel coming through from Tons the base. Of that. I tasted a ton of Chardonnay. It tasted like. A really good Chardonnay mixed with uh, mixed with with mixed raspberries. With raspberries, but the raspberries were pretty subtle. I just thought it was fantastic. Yeah, Mark, I'm gonna go with Cloud Control uh, from Heist Brewery. Uh, it was, uh, it's a hazy IPA, uh, just nicely done. Nice. Um, on New Year's Eve, I did pop one of the Spawn series, which was great. Uh, I can't remember more than that. I don't think it. I think I did like a. Um, Blend 3 from 2016, so that's always good. Uh, but on New Year's Eve, which is kind of a, you know, when you have kids, it's kind of a boring night, at least unless you get together with other people with kids. Uh, so we just kind of stayed in, cooked some good food, and uh, that, that went real, really well with what we had. What would you guys have for food? 
I pan-seared some sea scallops, and we made a risotto. Ooh. And I did the sea scallops uh, a la, uh, uh, now I can't remember the French term, uh, from, um, uh, but it basically had capers, uh, butter, garlic, um, and uh, it, was, it was a really nice little... That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'll come up with the name later when I think about it, but anyway. Awesome. So, well, I'm going to... I think you should discuss uh, maybe the... Uh, the format? Yeah, the, the format, for- the, the bullet points. The bullet points being, we've been we should, around... We should also note that there's a little bit of background noise, but we're uh, experiencing a 54-degree Saturday in yeah. January, so most of our fan base is outside. They're outside drinking. Enjoying, uh, enjoying the nice it, weather for today. So, but we do have a couple fans in here. It was pretty wild just getting in the door, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had, to, we had to sign some autographs initially. Um, you know... We had to kiss some babies and uh, that kind of stuff, but we're here. We're here. Whoa. Yep. Um, we've got Daniel's list first. Uh, I'll be sharing, but we're going to do best beer of 2018. This could be one of the best beers you've had over this past year, or maybe even one you didn't have but heard a lot about, maybe had some, some hype. Um, Daniel's list, really quick, was the Barrel Age of Braxis. Um, obviously, we had that at his house for the uh, beer trivia episode. I he think liked, that was the that was the 17. I think we had at his house. Yep, 17. And yours was an 18. Correct. So, 2017 barrel age of Braxis. He uh, listed single barrel Night Fury by Witch's Hat. Ooh. The Old Nation M43 tart strawberry. Strawberry. I knew he was gonna. Uh, he that. he loved he on loved that. that. He loved on that. And then uh, vanilla rye on tap, which I assume he meant this year's. So, that's Daniel's list. Um, this is sort of a top of. Some of us might have three, four, five, maybe an honorable mention. So my whole goal is to go through the one that was definitely our favorite and then the other ones just kind of mention. And I'm just going to go ahead and jump on this. I would be remiss to give SR71 by Toppling Goliath not my number one of the year because Ryan and I shared that in one of the most unadulterated barrel non-adjunct give it time and tons of barrel stout that i've ever had that that was my number one my next ones and i'll just go over this quick because i want you guys to 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 weigh in on some of these ryan i put down the sarah appreciation the santea darius appreciation that was so good that was a very good one uh, I also had the Barrel Age of Braxis, and I didn't care which one it was year-wise, 17 or 18. And then Monster Tones by Modern Times, which we had a Dark Lord Day. And that's one of those uh, maple bourbon barrel-aged stouts uh, with lots of adjuncts. So that was kind of rounded out some of the more memorable ones in my mind. Next. Awesome. That was uh, That's a good list, and, and I was glad that you said SR71 and... Um, as we were talking about this throughout the week, we kind of said we're just going to name one, and uh, I think all of us were like, "How the heck do we name just one?" Impossible. Especially when we always talk about variety and changing it up, and and we always seem to have five or six different pours while we're talking here. So I think uh, just to give a few honorable mentions is is definitely well worth it, and um, it's so hard to pick one. There, the the oh, beer world these days is just so so amazing that uh, you can have. 10 world-class beers, and, and all of them on a different day probably would be your favorite, So, um, which just says a lot about what's going on in the world of beer right now. So, um, But, yeah, it was fun going through, like, old pictures, and a lot of them 
from my list are ones we've had either before podcast or on it or whatever. So it was really fun just kind of reflecting on the year, which kind of coincidentally turned out to be early January. So we actually get to do um, the the 2018 beers, which times up perfectly with, uh, you know, basically our first episode um, just under a year ago. So just under a year ago, Mark, 364 days ago. So uh, anyways. That was at my house, I think, right? It was. Was that the hot bourbon day? That was hot the, bourbon. <laughs> a lot of heat. A lot of heat. A lot on of this heat. A lot of oak. That's all <laughs> the characteristics, characteristics bourbon have. Uh, all right. So, anyways, so my five. Um, yeah, my number one is uh, Evan. You named it uh, Monster Tones by Modern Times out of San Diego. Boom. A thirteen percent Imperial Stout with um, well aged seven months in bourbon barrels that previously housed maple syrup. And uh, that was one of the blends. The other blend was conditioned on freshly roasted coffee beans, toasted coconut, and a whole lot of vanilla. When it was all over, what arose was a dessert-laden beverage of the highest order, is how they describe it. Uh, Aromas of tiramisu, coffee, chocolate, and roasted marshmallows, according to the untapped description. And we had that on our Dark Lord Day uh, recording. Dark Lord Day Eve. With uh, some listeners out there. Miguel, uh, for one, definitely. RP3 was with us. RP3 was with us. Um, We all all know the the story of how he felt when he walked into a room full of guys (laughs) in recording equipment (laughs) in a hotel. (laughs) That was a fun fun reflection on that. Uh, Mac was there. Brett was there. Kevin was there. We had a good crowd. Yeah, we did. I think everyone that night, I think... Monster Tones was one of the first two or three that we started with, and it just blew everyone away. And yep. looking back, I still think that's probably the the best beer of the year for me. It was just fantastic. Uh, already gave you the description, and when they say a whole lot of vanilla, uh, they weren't lying. So I uh, really appreciated that one. And it was a while ago, and we've had a lot of really good ones since then. But that was uh, amazing. Yeah. Um, so my honorable mentions are uh, BBT Batch Two. Yes. Uh, just an amazing, uh, ama- amazing non-adjunct barrel-aged stout. We've talked about that a few times since we had that on the recording uh, a few a month or two ago. Yep. SR71, you mentioned that was one as well. Uh, Creek du Fermier, we had for recording in the middle of the summer. And uh, I think for sours, just looking back, I just love that Fermier series because it's aged, the base is aged in white wine barrels, and when they add the red fruit to it, like I just mentioned with the, the Frambois, um, I just really love that, the way they balance yeah. out each other. and. And side project uh, that Fermier series, I just oh totally the, the base alone is amazing, and uh, the last batch was really easy to get. So I I think I still have probably four or five of them left, um, and it's just oh, okay. an amazing drinker. But then when they fruit it, it just goes top notch. Yep. Um, and then my last one is Coconut Assassin. So I had that that was draft only draft on only. Assassin Day uh, back in I believe it was March. Uh, actually, it was April because it was uh, the final four final four games were that Saturday. And it so, was cold, uh, and we did a we did cold. a call in episode. We did a call in. We had Andy on the line. Andy. Uh, Toppling Goliath appreciated the picture that the assassin uh, that, was one of their best ones that of the I year. took. But uh, no, that was their number one of the that year. Was that no, was their number one post of the year. And, their number and one. Credit Mark for his. Uh, photography skills or for his editing skills because it was the editing or maybe you did okay my bad oh wait what (laughs) i always just assume it's mark the one time i actually made a better edited photo nice brownish orange (laughs) background to the go with the the orange wax was just an awesome picture so um, (laughs) but coconut assassin i think i talked about it uh the podcast after that that was probably one of my best of the year i mean that was just the sweetness that they get from that base 
stout or that base barrel aged stout that's kind of a dark fruit. The dark way that fruit, that mixed cherries with coconut, and plums and the way that mixed with coconut was just yep. magnificent. Yeah. Um, they had a coffee variant that I think most of us didn't care for too much. Yeah. Just didn't go well with that sweetness, but the coconut was just perfect. Um, so, anyways. Maybe here's I hoping that the, here's, while, here's hoping that they uh, they bottle that. I would love some, to see them bottle that someday some in the point. future. Yeah, heck yeah. All right, I want to hear Mark's. All right, I got my top five here, in no particular order. Um, no order? No order. Do right. I need to put them in order? <laughs> well, one thing I try to do as well, I try to pick uh, a couple beers from different categories because I think sometimes yeah. it's very easy for me to stout heavy Ryan. Yeah. yeah. To, to gravitate towards some stout whales. Uh, so I try to put some other ones in there as well that really, uh, when reflecting back over the year, that really stood out to me. So um, right at the top of my list is that 2018 barrel-aged Abraxas from Perennial. So it's good. Just so wow. good. So good. Did that it's, make uh, yours list, Ryan? I can't... It didn't. Okay. It was close. It's Imperial Stout. And I really wanted to put a few IPAs on there, too, just for the balancing act or whatever. But Yeah. It was done with rye barrels, cocoa nibs, vanilla beans, ancho chilies, and cinnamon. And it, with that many adjuncts, a lot of times things can be a mess, but yeah. that was such a well-balanced beer. You add the barrel to it, and it was very memorable. So that, that's got to be right up there. Uh, you know, I'll just yeah. say that's my number one. Um, a couple other whales that really stuck out was the uh, was the OG rare from Bourbon County. Oh yeah, that we had. I know that uh, was a, that, that was that was on my that that, that was second that, tier on. <laughs> that was that was special. Uh, it you know, was, that, it was that, a special that, beer. You know, Bourbon County in general is awesome, but anytime you can take something and age it for two years in a pappy barrel, it's just fantastic. Pappy twenty three barrel. Yes. Good lord. Yeah. And the fact that that held up. Seven years later yeah. is just nothing lost on that one. It was unbelievable. Nothing. It was amazing. Uh, so then, with a uh, in the IPA realm, I went with a uh, foggier window out of Monkish. Just a just a delicious uh, imperial IPA. It's one of my just favorites. a just a hazy bomb. It was uh, double dry hop with Citra Galaxy and Nelson hops. Perfect combination. Those, I love combination. that those, combination. Those three hops are probably some of my favorites, and it just. It, it was just on another level of uh, New England style IPAs, in my opinion. And they've got a bunch of different sort of variants on that. They've got foggier window, foggiest window, yep. and then enter the fog dog. Enter the fog. Yep. Yeah. All rap references. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, continuing on, um, I was really impressed with Leaner, which was the uh, oh, yeah. collaboration yeah. between Side Project and Casey. I think the one that we had was uh, at Ryan's house, and it was. Um, from Casey, I believe. Yep. yep. Um, yep. The cork. It was just, you know, it's a Saison farmhouse style uh, done with peaches, peaches and then they're, they ferment it in uh, French oak barrels. Yeah. And I, I was just blown away by that. Very, very memorable beer. And you last, see so many collabs that just don't work out that well nowadays. It seems like the collab almost has like a negative tag on it but when casey and side project get together and do that series it depends oh on who's collabing it definitely depends sure. on who it is but there's been a lot that just haven't it's almost more for the the fun of the breweries which is absolutely fine there's nothing wrong with that and for but, marketing um but uh man when those two get together they've they've done that a few times now and it they knock it out of the park every yeah. time this last one um i'd kind of forgotten about but going through my photos Pictures. and just looking at things and kind of reminiscing i remember being blown away by this beer and I thought it was worthy of a top five. We actually had this, uh, I believe Ryan, uh, I think Ryan brought it, maybe it was Evan. Uh, it was actually when we were homebrewing in your garage. 
It was from uh, Aslan Beer Company, yeah. the, the Beaumont, which is an 18% imperial stout aged in rye barrels. And then they add, uh, they did it with uh, Madagascar vanilla beans. So and I good. just, Beaumont. That's I was one. blown away out of uh, Aslan's ability to, like, that they're kind of new in my opinion. It was new to me. Definitely. Definitely. For then three too. years around. Right? We had never had for the, barely for stopped the stout, by them. For the stout game, you know, I've had their IPAs, but that was... That was fantastic, and it really, really stood out to me. Yes. Yeah, and, and since then, they've gone to canning a lot more of these, like, crazy 15 16% stouts, like adjunct crazy to adjuncted. the nines. Yeah. I mean, and they all are very well made, if you yeah. like a sweet pastry stout. Yeah. So that's, that's my top nice. five, and I've got a, a ridiculous list. list of honorable mentions. <laughs> yeah. Can I give a, ourselves and our friends down at Bearded Owl a shout-out? I honestly believe that it's right here did we list. just become best friends, <laughs> IPA, yeah. and I'm no way biased at all, that I thought that was one of my favorite IPAs yeah. of the year. Yeah, that's right here on my list, top of the honorable mentions. And only because I had not, honestly, not ever had something that had such melon-forward flavors yeah. in an IPA. And that's yeah, that what was, that Belma That turned hop. out really well. So, yep. Shout-out to Nick Yeah, and good PJ work on the recipe, there. PJ, Nick, and, and with Evan's help, too, I believe. So do you guys... Totally unbiased. Do we, uh, do we want to just quickly read through our honorable mentions without all the descriptions? I kind of you hit on my yeah, honorable I was mentions say you guys like the hit OG on mine. Rare and okay. the Bearded Owl beer. I didn't have any other honorable mentions that I really wanted to make sure to touch on. The only thing I was thinking is is when thinking about trying to put in an IPA um, because we we do drink them a lot and we we really enjoy them. Uh, is the last couple ones that we've that I think Evan I think I've had them with you and maybe with Mark too that have been just the old school East Coast IPA. Main dinner. Second dinner. Second dinner. Absolutely. And the latest canning, or maybe not latest, but one of the the first cannings that um, Lawson did yes. with their new place of double sunshine. double sunshine. Just straight up like 7 8% double IPA, heavy on the, the malt forward and bitter backbone. Yep. Those are beers you could drink forever. Just terrific. I mean, they were fantastic, and maybe it's a little bit of the haze fatigue going on for me or whatever, but... Um, I just, the times that I had those, it just seemed like the perfect beer <laughs> for yeah. that moment and for that week. Uh, just, I don't know, there was something about them. Not but to it, be outdone by the uh, West Coast version of uh, Pliny. Yeah. Well, yeah, like that. Yeah, w- I don't know if I had Pliny in 2018. And, and, yeah. But, yeah, I totally you, agree. And all of those beers that we just mentioned, Dinner, uh, Double Sunshine, and you think about Hetty Topper, were the the sort of grandfather precursors to haze beers and that was before haze was haze it was just we want to make a double ipa or an ipa that tastes like this and it just happened to be hazy Mm -hmm. and they they sort of started that trend not really knowing what they really started and when you go back like that is one of my desert island beers is main dinner Uh, absolutely like i said it's a beer you could you could drink always and forever always yeah Yeah, agreed I have 15 beers on my honorable <laughs> This was a very tough list for it me. Was I probably list. had 10 or 12, and then as I was trying to cut down to two, maybe three, and then uh, we decided we'll do five. So. Anything you really want to mention, Mark? I'll just run through them real quick. Go I think ahead. everybody's worthy of, of at least being mentioned here. So Toppling Goliath, Assassin, and Morning Delight. Three Floyds, Hanji, Fontaflora, Rhythm Rug, Side Project, a Beer Barrel Time, and Pulling Nails 8. Narrow Gauge, Double Dry Hop, Cloud City, 
Yeah. Um, Henry and Fran, how to reimagine That's the, right. the world. There was a Skittles beer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the Skittles Fantastic. one. Yep. Very, very memorable. Um, Treehouse, very green. That stuck out to me. Uh, always. Um, the Lost Abbey, Duck, Duck, Goose. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to get a chuckle here, but Great Notion, Double Stack, and Blueberry Muffin. Absolutely. Blueberry. <laughs> 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 That um, sticky buns, Evan. That sticky buns you gave me. That one was really good you too. Like that? The, I think it was with pecans great. and cinnamon and maybe maple. That was a good one. Great notions, doing some great stuff. Yeah. Uh, the last few uh, answer: stone fruit popsicle. It was a goes with apricot, peaches, blood orange, and pink uh, sea salt. Um, and then Idle Hounds Incidental. It was a New England style IPA out of Santa Rosa, Florida. And last but not least, Bearded Iris Chasing Rainbows. Um, it was a Three hop blend. It was well done. Nice. Good list. I think that the next category will probably garner and foster as much discussion because we're going to do breweries. And these don't have to be breweries you visited. I thought that the general category could speak for a brewery that you really loved their beers, a brewery that you heard a lot about, a brewery that made a lot of news, a brewery that popped into the market at a really good time with something that was amazing. So... To, to start off, Daniels, he had number one, Witch's Hat. Number two, Moore Brewing in Chicago, Villa Park. Convenient for him. Right, which is why number three came on his list, which is Noon Whistle, because of the availability of that to him. Right. And fourth, Trillium, because that always, he said, serves as his golf nectar yeah. um, when he goes on his golf trip. So those were his four. Our friend Tim has done a really good job hooking up Dan for that golf trip too. Yeah, Tim. Shout out to Tim and and Trillium. If if you got someone close by there, that's a great choice for yeah. going on a golf trip with some guys. Tim's a great beer friend of ours. Absolutely. Um, we did a really fun share with him once when he and his girlfriend came through. Um, but shout out to that guy for always being able to get the ungettable when it comes to beers from New England. For sure. Um, mine, uh, actually, my number one was Hudson Valley. And the reason I named that is because they kind of came into the market with this sour IPA uh, sort of style and defined this style. And if you've ever had one of those and you've had a bad one, you'll know why Hudson Valley does well and does what they do and why they're known for those. So that was my number one, and that was why it was the Empyrean sour IPA that I had that I was just like, I mean, it looked like chicken broth in the glass. And I was like, this this flavor is incredible. It's got sour tones. It's got nice fruity uh, citrus tones. And it, it sort of redefined this hazy IPA. Next, I put the ABGB in Austin, Texas. This is the Austin Beer Garden Brewery. And the reason I put this was a trip that my wife and I took. And we went to this brewery. And they focus mainly on lagers. And a couple of their pilsners and their lagers are just crushable drinkable beers you can sit out on a deck or a picnic table out there order some good food and just absolutely crush these daytime drinking beers and they are some of the best pilsners and lagers i've ever had and they kind of have a great vibe with live music so if anybody's down in austin texas hit up the abgb um, that was one of my favorite breweries um, it's hard to not to mention like toppling goliath in this because of the beers that they consistently put out that are some of the best and most sought-after, well-respected beers when it comes to not only IPAs but stouts. They're not really sour sour beer makers, but they definitely... Dragon Fandango is one Okay, you but need to have because that is an exquisite sour exquisite. beer. Yeah, but they, 
I think they only uh, do it on draft. I want. I wonder, you know, I think I, I have a feeling that with what they primarily focus on, that it's hard to keep, you know, like they're, they're, they're dirty brewing, so to speak. Oh, for sure. Um, away from, you don't want stuff like that in your stout, in your SR-71, Absolutely. you know, warehouse. Yeah. Um, this, uh, this next one was basically because our annual trip to Michigan and our family, it's one of our favorite places to go to up there was Hoplot. Only because the, and Brian over here knows about Hoplot. Um, in terms of scenery and ambiance and environment, it's one of my favorite places I've been to as a brewery because you can sit outside. There's tall pine trees. There's a fire going. Kids can do, you know, weenies on the on the fire and marshmallows on the fire. You kind of have like your own individual fire pits, right? If you want, you can if you want to. Yeah. And in the winter time, if you go up there, you can get your personal igloo to Seriously? enjoy That's outdoors. Awesome. Um, their beers are very solid. They don't go too far out of the you know weird category they stick to uh, ambers and basic stouts and session ipas so it's kind of like a crushable day drink beer and great food place and the kids love it so um and just as a last uh, uh, honorable mention for me was scratch down in uh, um, southern oh, yeah. illinois and the stuff that they're doing which is i think pioneering the sort of foraging beer uh, and brewing experience. Absolutely. So that was mine. That's a pretty good list. Yeah, I'll go through mine quick. I actually uh, only did a couple because I thought we were only going to buy for beers. But uh, so my my top one is um, Weldworks, Weldworks Brewing out of Greeley, Colorado, just north of Denver. And I guess what I was kind of thinking is just the strides that they made this year or 2018 from previous years because they've been open at least for for three or four years but i think the strides that they made just as an overall brewer were really really impressive um it came through on the output of just the overall quantities of beers that they were making but also in the uh the quality of the beer themselves um i think we've talked about the media noche series several times on this as being one of the best non-adjunct base uh or non-adjunct barrel-aged stouts out there and I think from a quantity standpoint they probably made you know 10 times as much of that beer that most of the other top barrel-aged beers make I mean yeah. they really cranked up the quantity on that from the previous year and did not lose I mean didn't skip a beat um, and then the fact that they aged those in local you know local bourbon barrels and everything else I just think that's just a really cool concept yeah on top of that they do adjuncts with it that the ones that we've had have really, really yeah. been top-notch. Coconut, uh, Mexican. Those, yeah, those are... And vanilla. Um, and then, on top of that, they have... Basically, they do other adjuncts, versions of that, that they do for draft only. So, I mean, they're doing a ton of other stuff just for draft only that makes just so much better attraction to go visit them and i haven't been able to yet but it's probably the number one brewery that i want to visit yeah in the future yeah um and then on top of that uh you know that's just the stout they have the base of that is called the acromatic series that they do with a ton of different adjuncts they always have some of those to go they always have a few different variants on draft um right. but at the same time right now on draft they have a hefeweizen they have a kolsch style they call it yes. a kolsch style good for them and then not to mention not least but not last uh, that we've talked last about a bunch not of not la yeah. last but not least is the bit series that whole yeah, right. juicy, juicy IPA right it's just crazy bits. and then they do a little bit of the 
fruited IPA style with that and just so many different things. And I think just from where they're at right now, I think that they've been able to upscale, but also really just expand their offerings in, in a really, really special way. Yeah. Agreed. So, yeah. I and, I, and I only know that just from what we can get in the mail and, and from friends and everything else because I haven't been able to visit. But it's, you know, every time you look at their their list online, it's, it's different. They have to-go beer um, at all times pretty much available in four-packs, some bombers. They have on-site rare bottles. Like, they always have a media noche on-site. The buy for They're probably, 25, 30 bucks to drink on site. They probably hit a really good distribution sort of volume where they can keep up with demand but not lose um, quality. Yeah. Because sometimes, it, and it sort of makes it fun sometimes when a brewery runs out, so you kind of have the, the, the excitement of the chase and waiting. You know, people like us kind of like to wait in line because we're going we're gonna to meet <laughs> other people like yeah. us in line to talk yeah. to and share beers with. But, you know, they're probably in a little bit of the, the business of let's keep the beers always available so no one has to wait in line and For we sure. haven't lost any uh, any quality out of that, yeah. which is not easy to do. It's not easy to do. And and I think that's the other part, you know, not to be negative on other breweries, but we've seen, you know, I think the Treehouse overall... Treehouse had a hard time. The overall breweries out there and kind of the, the top beers of the world landscape has pretty much stabilized, I think, yeah. over the last couple of years. Definitely. And we've seen a lot of them try to grow and have some growing pains. And some haven't worked out. I mean, we've seen breweries close because they tried to grow and their quality went to crap. Um, yeah. and, and then the investment and everything else didn't work out. So to see a, a place like Weldworks, um, you know, amp things up and keep the quality yeah. and in some yeah. cases probably improve the quality, <laughs> yeah. like is, I mean, that's something yeah. really, really to be to be special and noted. Yeah. Do you so have anything else on your list? My, my second one was Side Project. Uh, you know, I, I, they've Definitely. amped up their sour game big time. You know, I mentioned on the Saison the du Fermier on the last batch where they just had a bunch. To, and they you know, had to amp that up two or three years ago. Exactly. Right. Um, and so just with uh, the volume of releases, for the most part, all those uh, 375 milliliter bottles, yeah. uh, once they release one, for the most part, they're to go for a good three to four weeks, if not more, because yeah. they make so many. And I've had some, you know, batch ones versus two and three versus four and things like that. And they're really not losing quality at all. Yeah. And I think they're probably going up close to eight to 10 X from, from previous batches. So yeah. uh, some of our guests here would probably know that a little bit better. But I think one, the fuzzy that they compared, like the amount of fruit that they use from batch three versus batch two was like 10 X. Yeah. And it. You know they're not really skipping a beat at all, so just kind of on the same lines as uh, as Weldworks. But nope. I just think Weldworks has just taken some amazing strides with good. with growing, but keeping everything good choice great to the base of the beer and For sure. and making good stuff. Good choice. Mark's got about ten he wants to go over. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I just no, so uh, I I took this question a little bit differently, so I I, kinda, I I put them into two different categories. One, the, my favorite breweries that I visited this year in 2018. And then what I thought overall was the best brewery in the game right now. All right. So uh, places that I visited that just really stood out to me that were great. Uh, Fontaflora uh, in North Carolina, fantastic. They have two locations. We actually went to their new uh, farm location. It was actually for their birthday. Um, that was very memorable. Uh, just a beautiful, beautiful destination brewery. Sounds like and, it. And obviously Where is that in North Carolina? 
It's um, it's in the it's, sticks. Yeah, it's about an. I'd say probably about 45 minutes out of Asheville. Okay. Uh, in Charlotte. It's like right in the middle of Charlotte to Asheville. Morganton. Yeah. Thank you. Morganton, so, North Carolina. But then the actual farm is out more remote than that. Um, right. It's There's some lake there. I can't remember the lake, but it's near a lake. It's just beautiful. You probably lose cell service going out there. For sure. Those uh, are the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, other notables that I visited, Idle Hounds in Santa Rosa. Yeah, you did like that. I remember you talking a lot very about good. that. I think they're really up and coming. They're doing some really good things there. And um, now you have a place to go every time you go down to perfect. Destin. We're, we're staying in Santa Rosa, so that's gonna I'm going to be hitting that pretty hard. We'll see lots of pictures. on. For sure. Don't forget to check Mark out on Peoria Bon Vivant, at Peoria Bon Vivant. There we go. Uh, a couple other ones, uh, Heist in Charlotte, uh, always a favorite. Great food, awesome beers, uh, just a cool place to hang out. Uh, other ones for the first time, I went to uh, Narrow Gauge down in uh, the, yeah. the St. Louis area, and they just had an abundance of hazy juice bombs. I mean, it was just one after another after another. It was I was pretty impressed with the amount of uh, quality beers that they were pumping out. Right. Um, nice. And then uh, more in Chicago. Um, that's a I was also impressed with that. I, I went there for the they've first done, time. They've done a good job growing, too. Um, I haven't been there. And their food is terrific. So even just to go there on site and have a beer and, and good food, it's it's a good spot. Not not to ignore Michigan because we went on a Michigan vacation as well. I enjoyed Transient Artisan Ales in uh, Bridgman yeah. area. Very good. And then locally, uh, I love hanging out at Bearded Owl. Uh, I yeah. mean, it's, the beers are great. The food's great. The 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 environment and the, the camaraderie there with the guys is just, uh, I look forward to, to going in there whenever I get a chance. And then, so drum roll please, in my opinion, the, the number one brewery <laughs> who is just killing it in my in opinion. In the world. In, <laughs> in the world. On the um, planet. Ryan, you named it earlier for a lot of the same reasons, Side Project. I think they're, they're uh, you know, their flexibility with being able to do the sours and doing the saisons and the farmhouse and doing the stouts and everything else like without um you know letting anything go with their integrity and their, their quality it's just when you reflect on some of the beers that we've had like you think about that beer barrel time and you know in the stout i mean that that was world class in itself then you can turn around and have have a saison that's equally world absolutely class. so I my personal like, amazement at that brewery, and the only reason I didn't name it because I knew one of you two would or Dan would, was that to be able to monitor, blend, and keep up the blending is with what they do because they don't just blend a couple beers. I I can't imagine how Corey can sleep at night. No, and even his assistant brewers, how they go to sleep tonight, like wondering like they they probably just think about it all the time and that alone mark is exactly why i could have named it but i knew someone else would sure yeah 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 and to have a place like that where if you don't live you know within driving distance as a beercation spot to go to knowing that they're going to have some something really rare on site probably a derivation is, is kind of what they've turned into, you know, within the last six months. And is even that they they've got an on-site derivation. They've got a couple big on-site sours. And they so, use, some of those sometimes aren't even their beers, those rare beers that they have. Yeah, that too. Yeah, they've, they've got, got perennials and other other rare stuff. Um, so it's not a place where you would book a trip 
three to six months out and having any risk of being disappointed by going no. because they didn't release no. something you know super special that week or something yeah you know nothing to nothing good to go and nothing good on site or anything like that just because you hit a downtime or whatever like there's no right. risk of that which is no the other uh, something really you'll really always good. be happy yeah. the other cool thing about planning a beer trip around that is you're in the st louis area so you're surrounded by yeah then you got perennial forehands narrow yeah, gauge yeah plus plus stuff on the illinois side which is very reachable down in southern illinois yeah. you know you got scratch and ava you've got white rooster, white rooster i definitely. mean just right there, I mean, that's a trip in itself is just the ones we named. Yeah. And I don't know from a legal entity standpoint if Side Project owns Shared or if they're actually two different legal entities, but sure. it's still Corey King's businesses. So yeah. to, to see what they did with Shared over the past eight or 12 months is pretty good, too, because the, the New England IPAs, um, they did a really good, I think Coconut it was... Coconut vibes. I think it was, well... Moving on. Holy diabetes. <laughs> I think they Betis. did. It was either a Pilsner or a Colts that was that turned out really, really good. Um, and then the Barrel Age Coffee Shop vibes and that Coffee Shop Barrel vibes. Barrel Age Coffee Shop vibes and the Coffee Shop the Coffee vibes. Shop vibes base itself is really, really incredible. So yeah, go all of that combined to go with uh, with that overall business is really, really impressive. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of other great places in St. Louis, and I know that. Um, the Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine, one of the editors, definitely named St. Louis his top beer destination in the country. Um, sorry, all you San Diego and Chicago fans, but, you know, right in the heart of the Midwest. Yeah. Um, you don't have to go to a Cardinals game to enjoy St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Fair. <laughs> Speaking with two Cubs fans. So um, this might be a great any, – anything else? Um, otherwise, I think we should take a nice break. What we might do – is uh, uh, take a break, but we may hear the second the second half of this episode at another time because we got a lot more to go over. So sounds, sounds good. good.